The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know most major league sportscasters are actually armadillos? Those faces you see on the TV are, are not actually the announcers. If you look very closely, you can see there's an armadillo in their hair, pulling their hair, telling them when to open their mouth and doing the talking. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've noticed that, actually. Yeah, that explains that. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what about the bald ones? Uh, this is very sad. <laughs> come on, they're, very, they're, they're sensitive about it, Alice. Come on, don't make fun of them. That's true. For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there. Welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I'm Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Mike Spartan. And today we're covering chapters 47 through the epilogue of The Gathering Storm, book 12 of the Wheel of Time. Previously, Rand looks out over the dumpster fire that is Arantamon, whispers, nailed it, to himself, <laughs> and then pieces out to tear and continues with his dragon works. Nynaeve, who is now an agent of Cad Swain for reasons none of us really understand, tries to convince Rand to help her hubby not commit suicide by Trolloc Horde. Uh, you know, dial that suicide mission back down to a suicide-ish mission, but uh, Rand is occupied with a different group of Borderlanders who are in farmatting, acting sketchy as fuck. Meanwhile, despite her very frustrating rescue by Team Stupid Dum Dum, uh, <laughs> she hits the ground running. She cleanses the Black Aja from the rebel camp and launches a full assault literally the same day. Fortunately for everyone, her assault is met with, well, what's the opposite of resistance? Like, instead of fighting back, they make you king of the world or something. That's, <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, the White Tower are frankly tired of getting their shit kicked in and decide to call it a day. Uh, all hail the new Amelin, right, guys? They're just going to love Egwene's new Spanish Inquisition phase. Black Aja, beware. Chapter 47, The One He Lost, Icon of the Dragon. So Dark Rand has himself a walk-and-think through the Stone of Tear. Yeah, he's kind of messed up over his meeting with Huron. He's, uh, yeah. yeah. It's like when you meet an old friend who kind of reminds you how much you've changed. Yeah, and, and tells you that you, you smell like the worst thing he's ever smelled. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, the good old days, back when you wouldn't have bale-fired a fortress full of innocent people and shrugged him off his collateral damage. Yep. Uh, he's he's uh, not doing too well on the old sanity scale. He's kind of crazy, muttering to himself, stalking around the Sonatier. This counts as a walk in, walking through camps and thinking about things chapter, by the way. That's okay. true. Yeah, the, the Fortress of Tear is just so big that, you know, you can put a camp in it. Yeah, and he, he's starting to feel like the prophecies have constrained him and put, a, uh, put him in a box. He hates boxes. Yep, he does not like it. Uh, he's, he's worried that they mention Kalendor and not the uh, remote control that he's been using for everything, even though the remote control is clearly better. Yeah, I was thinking about this. I, wonder if, I was, wasn't wondering if maybe, for whatever reason, the, the remote control thing wouldn't work in the blight, or you know, maybe he needs... Because you know, the, the remote control itself isn't the thing, right? It just connects him to the thing. So. Right, I mean, we, we know a lot more about remote controls than Rand does, and we know they run out of batteries. <laughs> inopportune times. He's been using this thing just, like, for no reason. He's been using it to tie his shoes instead of, you know, using his... Yeah. Oh, wait, he doesn't have two hands. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough, Rand. Maybe the people who wrote the prophecies were like, I don't know how to describe this thing, but swords are cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so what, what sounds better? The dragon swung the, the mighty, you know, sword that was not a sword, or the dragon swung the mighty, like, TV remote and <laughs> struck the light. Uh, I don't know. Either way, I, I figured the calendar swords uh, 
more portable, right? Uh, true. Yeah. So Rand decides to use the remote control to destroy all the Shan Chan all at once, which uh, is something I've been kind of hoping he would do. For yes, a while. Yeah. I was excited. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Shan Chan uh, don't have to be a problem at all if you use your wizard remote to uh, bail fire them out of existence. Yeah, easy, why, easy, why don't easy. you just channel the power of a god and, and wipe a whole uh, society of people off of the face of the earth? You know, like good guys do. <laughs> <laughs> and furthermore, he's like, why wait? I'm going to do it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's planning a mass genocide. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, really a spur of the moment genocide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say much planning, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, but he's interrupted. By a surprise visit from Tam, because Nynaeve went and got Tam from parents. So that's who it was. Yeah. Surprised we didn't think of that. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, okay, to be fair, there are a lot of people with Perrin, like 150,000 people or something. So right. Tam's, you know, easy to lose. And so this, I guess, is Cat Twain's plan to chill Rand out. But this conversation is, I mean, it starts out awkward and gets uh, worse as it goes, right? It's like... It goes well at first, you know? Tam's a good guy. He, he brings out the good part of Rand. I guess so, but Rand tries his whole uh, I have less freedom than a normie uh, thing, and Tam's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so whatever. What, you're talking to your dad, who's a, who's a farmer, a, a rancher, right? Yeah. You're tell, telling me you don't have freedom? Yeah. But he's much nicer about that. Who's been yeah. hanging out with a bunch of, like, refuge, starving refugees. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. That is true. But then he goes into he does it's it's sort of a similar uh, conversation to what Gareth Bryan has with Gawain to to some degree the whole like find out what you believe in or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think he's threading a needle a bit here. He's kind of saying, you know, you sure you have to do these things, but you get to decide why you do them. Yeah, which sort of like I mean, my boss telling me to do something I don't like. He's <laughs> like, but you get to decide why you're gonna refactor. I'm not gonna do it because you told me to. I'm gonna do it because I want to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was underwhelming as far as schemes go on the part of Cat Swain. Uh, well, I mean, what if her schemes have actually worked out, right? Maybe she's not good at it. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah. But I also, how did she know that Tam was with Perrin? That's a really good question. Maybe she went looking. Maybe she's actually gone to the two rivers to get him and he wasn't there. Uh, yeah, like, maybe, oh, yeah. That, maybe that's it. That's like messengers or something. It surprised yeah. me. It just seems so simple. Get his dad to talk him down. Yeah, but then but, things go sideways. Yeah, because Tam, uh, I guess, goes off script and uh, mentions Cat Swain, and Rand absolutely loses his mind. Yep. Yeah, you know, Rand really, really hates Cat Swain. I think he might actually, Rand might actually hate Cat Swain more than you do, Jeff. He needs to kill her. She needs to not exist in this world with him anymore. The two of them cannot be together Yeah, in the same world. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's just like... Ah, it's it's bad what she's doing. So yeah. bad. He gets so angry he almost bailfires his dad. Yeah, I thought. Do you think he's bailfire? I thought he was about to do like the old Luz Theron special where you you do the magic spell that kills everybody. It's related. To <laughs> oh, well, could be. Yeah, yeah but maybe it was bailfire. Either one. Yeah, is bad. it says the weaves for bailfire. Oh, okay, okay. Because uh, the way the way Luz Theron was like, oh yeah, this is the thing we do. Finally, we're doing the thing. <laughs> I thought, yeah, this, is, this feels so familiar. Right. And, uh, but he gets a glimpse of Tam's terrified face, and that kind of snaps him to himself and stops him. And so he travels away. Off to Ebudar. Yeah. To use his billfire on the Shan Chan instead. All right. This is very sad. I like Tam. Yeah, me too. And, and you know, I, when Tam actually showed up, I was, I was kind of, I was optimistic a little bit, because I think if anyone can talk to Rand, it's him, you know? Yep. But no. Chapter 48. Reading the commentary. Icon of Cad Swain. 
So Min is sitting with Cat Swain, thinking about how much she regrets joining up with Cat Swain because Cat Swain is such an asshole. Yeah, this is like, a, you know, I love Min chapters generally, but this is kind of a sad Min chapter because she's like, man, working for Cat Swain sucks. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, Nynaeve and, and Cat Swain and, and uh, some of the Cat Swain's buddies are there. Min is studying the commentaries. Yeah, which I guess are, are notes about the prophecies. Yeah, yeah, some kind of smart people talking about the prophecies. Yeah. And I just kept thinking after the last scene, how much is Rain going to lose his fucking mind when he realizes that the woman he loves and is sleeping with every single day is hanging out with Cat Swain? Yeah, yeah, no joke. Yeah. Yeah, he, I guess he hasn't figured that part out yet because it would be uh, very... Uh, that might be what causes him to kill Cat Swain, honestly. And you know, men should know this, too. Men yeah. should know that this is putting the whole world in danger. Like, No kidding. Better than anyone, maybe, you know? Yeah. But, and she makes uh, an interesting inference from the way the, the commentaries are working about the, the three where, wielding the sword or something that it forged together or whatever. Um, he shall hold a blade of light in his hands and the three shall be one. Yeah, which apparently the commentaries think is about forging nations together or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Min thinks it's about something else. Uh, I mean, be... all I could think was Rand, Luce, Theron. I don't know what the third thing was supposed to be. Oh, I thought it was because Catswain keeps telling him that it takes two women with the man to channel to hold Kalendor right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what Min figures out, and Catswain's like, "Yeah, that's exactly what I thought too." Um, yeah, which that was a bit eye rolling to me. Like, oh well, thanks, Catswain. Thanks I, for yeah. wasting our time. <laughs> Min's reading this book here for this purpose. I know, and she, of course, Catswain being Catswain, uses it to crap on one of her uh, associates too. Of course, yeah, yeah that's what uh, she does. I, why does anyone hang out with her? She's like kind of a jerk to everyone. I don't get it. But I, I was thinking, but you there's know, also there's something else too that Min is on to. There's something else about this. What's that? Oh, we don't know. She just oh, oh. she just thinks there's something else that they haven't figured out yet. I was thinking this is what makes the most sense to me is Rand, Elaine, Avienda. Oh, because they're already bonded, right? And the bonding. What about Min? She's I mean, in there. I mean, she counts. Come she's, on, she's fine. She can't channel, but she she's can, still a person. <laughs> okay, so okay, so you have Rand in the middle, Avienda and Elaine holding his hands, and then Min has one hand on each of their butts. <laughs> so like, it's a, you know, like a, hey, good job, you know, like a, you know, like a, you you pat the butt and say. Good, Go team. It's it's called a, a tinker's blessing, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everyone's super nervous about Rand and Tam, which they should be, because uh, Tam comes in super pissed about how Cat Swain set him up, which he did. Yeah. And upset about how Rand is now Dark Rand and is scary and insane, which he is. It's 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 interesting how quickly Tam picks up on Cat Swain, like immediately. Like I love this. Yeah. This, this is the first time that someone has dealt with Cat Swain the way that she deserves, because mm-hmm. she. He starts bawling her out, and she picks him up with flows of the air, and he's like, a bully's a bully, no matter what you do. Yeah. Like, you just, that's that's what she is. Yeah. She 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 tries to use magic, and Tam Althor is just Tam Althor, and, you know, right. he doesn't give a fuck. Uh, and, and it works. It actually works. It has an effect on Cat Swain, rather, right. whatever, you know, whatever yeah, that means. Yeah, what she deserves is contempt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that works on her, just like it worked on Simir Hosh. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Huh. We've noticed some parallels there. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they figure out that he's gone to Ebudar. And then chapter 49, just another man, icon of the Avendasora leaf. You know, I know that the Shanchan culture is kind of a nightmare, but I'm still not sure I like the idea of uh, Rand carpet bombing them out of existence with Balefire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm okay with it. Yeah? I mean, do you don't think there are innocents among the Shanchan who uh, don't deserve to be burned out of the pattern for all, et- all eternity? No, I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay, all they're right. Just, they're filthy slavers. All of them? Yeah, more even or less. The, even the Their society sucks. 
Yeah, what so, about the slaves? So far, we haven't met an anti-slavery Shanchan, like yeah. even the slaves. Yeah, that's true. Well, what about the Damani? Uh, well, they love it, right? Because their minds are broken. So they'll fire them too? I mean, remember what Egwene did just a few chapters ago? She murdered them in the sky because she was like, if these women are captured, their life is going to be worse than being dead. True. But killing them is not the same as bail firing them, right? I mean, it depends on what you believe about like the afterlife and the pattern and everything. Well, in this yeah. world, we know that people are reincarnated, and if you burn them out of the pattern, that's the end of them for all for all time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of threads in the pattern. Come on, <laughs> right? Yeah, honestly, wouldn't the pattern be a lot easier to manage if there were less threads? That's true. <laughs> now you're thinking like Dark Red. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I think the Shanchen are bad. I would not. I would not be sad to see their society uh, destroyed, along with lots of the people in it. But also, it doesn't seem like he's going to be very discriminant, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, to make it yet another real-world war analogy, it's like a strategic bombing with the idea that you can destroy their society by just bombing the hell out of it, and bombing in the right places. It never really works. Yeah. It just kills a lot of people. Yep. So Rand is in Ibudar, walking around incognito. I have to assume that he is... A very conspicuous incognito person. <laughs> he thinks he's that no one notices him, but he's huge, right? Yeah, he's huge. He's missing a hand. He looks like an Aiel. Yeah, and he, he's like, oh well, I, I took off my fancy coat and I put on this really crappy coat too. That'll make me less conspicuous. <laughs> but he still has that face, right? Like everyone talks about his face and his eyes. I imagine right, yeah. that. And and how you know the the world seems darker around him. <laughs> yeah. I imagine he's drawing more attention than he thinks. My only thought is there's so many strangers around and everybody's just like in survival mode right now. That's true. That's true. So he's having a pre-massacre stroll either way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he stayed with the Tinkers overnight. Uh, the Tinkers love the Shanshan, which is surprising to me because some of them have to have been taken away and made slaves at this point, right? I don't think the Shanshan typically do that to normal people. Is The impression I get is to be... The, the Chandlers are automatically slaves, right? Yeah. But otherwise, to become a slave, you have to commit a crime, it seems like. I mean, yeah, it's just like whatever they say is a crime, but still, generally, they don't just like randomly enslave people. I just feel like some of them would have had to have been latent channelers, and also, it's really easy to commit a Shanshan crime. Like, you know, not bowing the right way to a noble person is a Shanshan crime. Yeah, but if you're if you're just a normal person who never goes into the city, you probably never encounter anyone who you even care about, right? It's mm-hmm. true. Even though I would think that them being pacifists at their core, they would have a problem with slavery. That's yeah. Yes, yes. That's what I didn't say very well because mm-hmm. that, that doesn't seem to add up no. how are they okay with that that is true uh but their whole thing is is moving around freely it's freedom right? yeah and they seem well and that's the other thing they a lot of them are actually choosing to settle down and form villages which is very untinker right yeah yeah but they say it's because this is the first local power that hasn't persecuted them mm-hmm. yeah which is interesting yeah, it is interesting yeah either way rand observes the many benefits of uh the concrete forces you know, he's like, he's thinking to himself, you know, maybe draconian totalitarian imperialism isn't so bad, you know? Uh, not the enslaving channelers thing. I'm a channeler. So that's, that's terrible. But the other stuff I can get behind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't like that. I don't like where the books are going that, you know, the trains run on time in Shan Shan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not, he's not there to uh, admire the undeniable advantages of yeah, a, an to, iron to, to dictatorship, take, right? Take notes on their civic processes. Yeah, he's there to burn some, some uh, bug people. Yeah, so he gets ready to do it, um, and he gets out his remote control, and he just can't bring himself to do it. 
Chickens out and barfs all over himself. <laughs> like you do. He does. Uh, he can't... Luckily, even Darkrand isn't able to go to the level of genocide. Yeah. Um, is, is that what it was? You don't think so? I didn't know. It says the sickness washed across him, and I thought he would be beyond the point of getting physically sick because he didn't like what he was about to do. Well, it's the channeling sickness that he keeps having. Yeah, right? but... Okay, I, but that but that doesn't mean the same thing to me. I thought he wanted to do it, but he just physically was unable to. I didn't think that he was in mental distress. Yeah, I guess I guess the way I read it, it was a combo of like he had this the worst channeling sickness ever, and then when he was at his lowest moment, laying there barfing on himself, he realized that he couldn't bring himself to do it. Yeah, okay. I think that, that was my interpretation, but you know, it's a combination of both for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah, it all happens at the same time. But he's super frustrating. Super frustrated, so he continues his incognito plan by barfing all over himself, <laughs> screaming, and then teleporting away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this Sean Shedder running at him, he's like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> what are these what are these people gonna think? Right? Was that is that, <laughs> that had to have been the was that the dragon born? <laughs> he showed up, shat himself, and then left <laughs> I don't know. So why did he get so sick then, but not when he destroyed Grendel and that entire like mini village? I think they they said at that time he, he seized the power earlier mm-hmm. and got sick earlier and he was just holding on to it the whole time. Oh because okay. it happens when he seizes the power. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the reasons he keeps holding it for a really long period of time, because if he lets go and then picks it up again, it hits him again. Yeah. And Interesting. I, we don't know why that's happening, really. I have, I have like a vague theory, but it, I don't, also don't know why this is the worst it's ever been at this particular occasion. Yeah. It's certainly not the most, he's, most amount of power he's ever channeled, right? Yeah. So. Uh, I, I have this theory that it's because he's connected with Ishmael. And like Ishmael is so connected with the Dark One that he gets sick if he tra- he uh, channels the the One Power, the Good Guy Power. Oh, maybe. Mm. So Rand is getting that from him. Okay. Uh, let's see. Either way, he, he doesn't yeah. travel; he skims out because you know. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, he skims, skims, and then travels. Skims. <laughs> skims. <laughs> uh, and then he he makes his way to the. Um, his birthplace. His birthplace. Yeah, the Dragon Mount. Right, yeah, and his death place. And his, I guess a, his death place an infinite number of times and his birthplace an infinite number of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things are weird here because uh, at this point, Rand can't actually tell who is Lucerne and who is Rand. It, when he's talking to himself, both voices are Rand now, mm, which yeah. is kind of a weird thing. Um, so he's having like this sit and think there. And he's looking over the fiery maw of the Dragon Mount, which I think is... Kind of the most metal thing you can do. <laughs> yeah, the, this is pretty cool. Having a sit and ponder over the fiery mall where you died 3,000 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty metal. Like you do. It's a way to get yourself together. Yeah. Chapter 50. Veins of gold. Icon of the dragon. Iran sits there. In uh, his fortress of solitude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the top of Dragon Mount, where the air is thin, um, and looks down at how cool everything is. Um, and he philosophizes a bit. Yeah, Dark Rand gets even darker. Like, before he was mass murder dark, and now he's, you know, kind of veering into genocide dark, but he, like, swan dives right off into the edge into unravel all creation dark. Yeah, he, he's sitting there thinking, I had to make myself super hard, but I wasn't able to, in the end, I wasn't able to make myself hard enough. So he's giving up on this, you know, make himself hard plan. And he, he even goes, like, like, I would say dark one dark. As I was reading this part, I, yeah. I was thinking about what you had theorized about Rand becoming 
the dark one in the end or something like that. I was like, this would be how that would happen, right? Right, yeah, because he, he, he hits like a nihilist stage, you know? What if, what if I don't want the pattern to keep going? You know, if it, I'm just going to suffer forever and ever and ever, all, all for all time, and there's nothing I can do about it, then that's bad. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so he basically decides to finish what Luz Theron started, and he's like, the problem with Luz Theron is he didn't go far enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what everyone says about Luz Theron. <laughs> right. he, he stopped before he got too crazy. <laughs> he didn't get crazy enough. Yeah, he yeah. didn't follow through. Yeah. He only broke the world instead of breaking all creation. Right. And then he, this is kind of cool. Uh, he draws in all of the one power he can, including through the remote control. And Luz Theron gives him a little, a little pep talk. Yeah. Like he's gone so far that Luz Theron is the, is the same one. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, that, that's definitely concerning, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's actually pretty sweet. Luz Theron tells him the reason we're doing this is so that we can experience love again. Right? Yeah. Love was the answer all along. I, I thought this was actually kind of reasonable, honestly. Like, you know. Right. And that's, that's, why, well, that's why it keeps going forever. And there's always love. If there's, if there's a, a loop, that means you get a chance to do it right this time. Right. And Luz Theron's going to see Ilyena again. And Rand's going to see uh, his... Long list of lives <laughs> <laughs> again. Yeah. And uh, it's so he, it snaps him out of it. But then he destroys the Chodun Call. Yeah. Which is so dumb. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why love means destroying the most powerful weapon against the dark one you have, but uh, that's what he decided. Well, I think maybe the lesson here is that power, like just using power, is the dark one approach. Hmm. And that's not the approach that's going to win. Lucerin did, did say something like, two chapters ago, I can't remember what it was, basically said that the reason that the he didn't... Okay, so the Chodun Call wasn't actually made by Luz Theron. It was made by all the other Aes Sedai. Right, and Luz Theron doesn't like it. Right, he says the brute force approach has never worked, and so it doesn't matter if you create this ultimate Sangreal. Right. It's, it, it's, that's not the solution, essentially. So I yeah. guess that's where Rand lands, too. Yeah, and I think that... But I still think it's useful, right? I mean, like, this is still a pretty useful tool. He did Glenn side in with it. It's yeah. pretty cool. <clears throat> and he could, uh, I mean, like, this would be the thing that would er eradicate an, a Trolloc army, I'm just saying, you know? It's true, but he, he's got a bunch of things to do that now, right? Including I, an army of murder wizards. I suppose so. <laughs> but you're, you're right. But it's like, a, it's a temptation, right? Like, there's a temptation to become the creator, to channel too much. Yeah, I mean, maybe he should become the creator instead of becoming the Dark One, you know? And I think also, I think he... he Part of, the, part of what's going on here is that he uses the Chodan call and that's not part of the prophecies. That's him going off script. Mm. And what he, the prophecies have him doing is using the calendar sword. Right. And in order to do that, he has to have some women that he trusts that can work with him on it. Okay. And so he has to be part of a team. Mm. And so I think maybe what he's taking away here is that going it alone with the Chodan call means he's going to go crazy because he's not... One person can't do that. Mm -hmm. Can't it, you know? You have to work together. It's love, man. So it probably is going to have to be Elaine and Avienda. I guess you know. I, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, of course it's going to be Elaine and Avienda. I kept thinking it was going to be Cat Swain because Cat Swain is clearly wants it to be Cat Swain. <laughs> yeah, but it's not going to be Cat Swain. I mean, nobody likes Cat Swain. I guess that's Cat <laughs> Swain doesn't even like Cat Swain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, Luz Theron and Rand finally merge at this point into uh, Luz Rand Althorin. Althor, and I don't know what we'll workshop that. Lose there and tell them all Thor. No. Uh -huh. Ah, that's pretty good. <laughs> There's got to be something better. <laughs> it's it's kind of a mess. Yeah. yeah. But they they merged because they were I guess never they were never separate people to begin with. That was just part of the in in incomplete 
integration of their personalities. All right, yeah. listeners, if you come up with a good name to ship the two of them, let us know. <laughs> we need the next Benefer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nobody can love you like you, lo- you can love yourself, including Rand and Luz Theron. And then, then Rand laughs, and he's happy again. He's got it together because, as John Lennon said, all you need is love. I think he's still loony. I mean, so, Luz Theron always used to laugh, right? I mean, blow, <laughs> blowing up his, his greatest weapon and then standing on top of the mountain where you were, were killed and born and, and then just laughing. laughing? Just yeah. laughing. Just having, like a normal like person a normal does. Person. <laughs> I'm going to live, laugh, love is what I'm going to do. <laughs> He's going to dance like nobody's watching. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what Luz Theron said. Love like you've never been hurt. <laughs> That's the greatest wisdom of the Age of Legends. That's right. Someone should put that on a sticker or on a, on a wall hanging. So this is a, this is a relief. You know, I liked Dark Rand. I thought it was fun to read about, but also I'm done with Dark Rand. I'm ready for I'm ready for Good Rand to come. He was back. a little one dimensional. That's true. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, emo Spider Man. You know, it's like all right, we get it, we get it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess my first response is I don't think this is a great portrayal of mental illness. No, uh, de- definitely not. It never has been, right? Like yeah, like that. This... It's not. It's it's actually an actual supernatural thing that's going on here. So it's not like real mental illness, but just sort of get over it. Yeah, that's what you, all you have to do is really just like get over it. It's fine. Just yeah. get over it. You know, go for a walk and get some fresh air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's all it takes. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, exercise a little and you know, eat some chocolate or whatever. Right. But also, so did Catswain's plan work? No. That that would be the most upsetting thing about this. <laughs> No, no, this was not Catswain's plan. This happened because he met Tam, and Tam sent him off on this on this crazy bender of craziness, and that that caused him to. No, because Catswain was mad at Tam for going off script, so they didn't work out the way she wanted it to. <laughs> so she was wrong. Yeah, just because she accidentally <laughs> because she stumbled into the solution doesn't mean her plan worked. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Definitely, definitely. Plan did not work. But you know, she's totally fucking gonna claim it, right? Like oh, she's gonna course. be like, "This is what I, this is what I was planning all Absolutely. along." That's why I gave him the script. I knew he was gonna go off the script. Yeah. I just want Nynaeve to give her one of her Nynaeve specials before this is over. Oh God, it's oh, coming! Yeah. It's coming. Catherine's oh, gonna be like, "Well, maybe you should." It's like face punch. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted like to punch her so hard that the Terangriol fall out of her hair <laughs> yeah they fall out of her hair and it like it's like a magic thing and all of a sudden she's like she just wrinkles into ash and dies because <laughs> that's the only thing keeping her alive yeah bound together by terangriel and duct tape yeah, yeah. these terangriel make you invulnerable as long as no one punches you in the nose <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good I, I thought this was this was fun I mean, yeah I thought this was a really satisfying ending to this whole arc really I, I found it a little anticlimactic oh yeah yeah I, I mean, I don't, the the moment on the mountain was pretty intense, but uh, I it was no battle. No, that is true. There was no ultimate battle or yeah, a wizard fight true. or yeah. I mean, we we've gotten a lot of good wizard fights. I, I we come to expect it. I would say that's right. But that's this this does make sense since this was this is one third of a whole book the true. way it was intended. So yeah, and honestly, this this chapter. For the first time in a long time, I'm actually looking forward to Rand chapters because I want to see what happens next, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of hate Rand chapters. Even in this book, which, you know, we'll, we'll talk about at the end, but uh, even in this book, Rand's chapters were a little boring to me. So I'm, I'm glad. Right. So uh, the other title for this chapter should have been, by the way, Getting the Rand Back Together. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> oh, that's good. Wait. So chapter 
51, well, I put it 51. So, epilogue. Bathed in light, like another wheel of time. Egwene is settling into the Armelin Seats study. She has a lot of catching up to do at this point. Elida was never the most effective Armelin, and uh, like t- she left a backlog of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's the Black Aja thing, you know? Yep. Uh, Egwene, her power is pretty entrenched now. Everybody's kind of lined up behind her. And uh, a bunch of the White Tower Black Ajas escaped, including Alviarin. Disappointing. Yeah, darn. Yeah, and they didn't her shortened by a head. Uh, right, like that, that. was early on too. So if, if Alviarin got out, they must have gotten very early warning. Yeah, I think they lost a bunch of the the back, Black Aja had a bunch of them get away. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be dreadlords now. They, there's about sixty of them out there. Yeah, yeah. eighty counting the ones from the rebel camp, apparently. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and uh, they they've lost about forty uh, Aes Sedai to the Shanshan, which is sad. Yeah. They did not get Masana. Yeah. Yeah, they still don't know who it is because yeah. she's got a list of three possible names, but they are all—they've been around for a while and they're kind of weak. Yeah, weak candidates. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't think that Masana is posing as an Aes Sedai. I said I, mm, yeah. She's a novice, so it's like she yeah. may or may yes be in the tower. Well, I—I I think it's either Sharina Malloy, uh-huh. uh huh, because she's sus. She's just sus. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or it's Laris. You think it's Laris? It's not Laris. Laris has been around forever. Everyone knows Laris, right? I, I mean, maybe Masana like took her over, or or like, mm. made, made herself look like that. <sighs> she look. did try and help Egwene escape the tower when Egwene was doing really well, right? No, Laris is too busy being a trafficker and a mistress of kitchens. It's not her. <laughs> mm. I, I mean, would would Masana run the kitchens? I mean, maybe that that school that she couldn't go into was like a culinary school. <laughs> <laughs> she's always wanted to run. She's yeah. always wanted to run a kitchen. It's been my dream to own a restaurant. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it doesn't seem likely that either that Masana is one of those three people. So yeah, yeah. So it might still be in the tower. Probably still in the tower. And uh, yeah, lots of black eyes on the loose. And then uh, she, Egwene, and Sylviana. Notice that the clouds have finally broken right over Dragon Mount mm-hmm. and are opening up and there's a beautiful shaft of light glowing through and it makes them feel really positive and hopeful about yeah. the future. So I guess this is like Rand's doing, right? When he channeled all that power, it made a hole in the clouds or something, I, I guess? I don't understand it at all. It just, just channeling by itself could do that? It's a lot of power, Because the, the clouds have been there the whole book, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're kind of, I thought they were the, the latest dark one messes with the climate thing. Oh, maybe. Yeah, the opening in the clouds is too even to be natural. Right. Yeah. So it, it's it's whatever happened with Rand. Just Rand, like, I guess getting over this this whole Dark One plot to turn him into a villain. The creators like poked him in the finger, <laughs> poked his finger down there. Maybe <laughs> it's job, the energy from the destruction of the Choden Call. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe yeah, screwed up the flows or something. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like it's a more sort of metaphysical connection of Rand to the yeah. land. You know, yeah, that could be like the the gathering storm was was a you know a symbol, a physical symbol in the world of the the storm inside Rand's head. Well, the the storm is still gathering, right? Egwene Egwene says she can still feel it, I think, or something. Storms mm. will soon come. Yeah, mm, but you know, there's a little something. Yeah, yeah, but that's it. The end. Yeah. So Rand destroy, decides not to destroy all of creation. The Black Ash is defeated. I guess. Uh, yeah, we're done. That's a great series. I, yeah, right? I think it's a cakewalk from here on out. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Wait, there's still two more books? Huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and a prequel. And a prequel. Oh, sorry, three more books. Yeah, that's right. So oh, where does discuss. it rate? One of the better ones. Yeah. Stuff yeah. happened. You know, uh, it's been a while since I've read the earlier books. And I know that it's we really... It's been almost three years. <laughs> yeah, it's been a very long time. And I, I know that we really uh, liked 
at least up until the the, the first three books were were pretty great. But uh, I think this was this is going to be in in my my top three. I'd say mm-hmm. just because. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean. I've read people online saying that they get better and better from here, and I was, you know, I was wondering. But the, so far, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of payoff. So I think what that what I feel like is this is one of my favorite books because it builds on the foundation of the previous eleven books in such a way that this you get you get a lot of built up payoff, right? It's like uh, a lot of the the debt that's been accrued is paid off, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it it was really fun to read. It was like a, a page turner in a way that some of the previous books certainly weren't. Uh, yeah, I would say it's just, this might be one of my top three. Yeah, wow. I mean, how many times at the especially towards the end where we like this chapter is a banger. That's true. Yeah, there were a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the Egwene, cha- like uh, I mean, all of Egwene's chapters in this were were great for me. You know, I, I I love that character now, and I really did not used to like her. You know. Yeah, yeah. if you compare it to Egwene in captivity previously. Yeah. in books this mm-hmm. is way better yeah yeah for me it, it doesn't rate among the top five which are the first five mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I just think I, I don't care for the writing style as much I think it's a little bit it's kind of colloquial it doesn't have the kind of the poetry it doesn't have the ring of the, the writing style of the earlier books mm-hmm. I also think that some of the stuff is abrupt you know mm-hmm. which I, I hate to say because you know stuff is finally happening but uh, yeah, I mean I, I will say of course you know like you said the book gets stuff done, right? Mm-hmm. The storylines are moving. The stuff is getting closed, which hasn't been happening in several books. And it is more readable, I think. Than the previous books? Yeah. Within all the previous books? or Yeah. Really? Well, well for, maybe for the reason that you said, the, the colloquial Colloquial-y language mm-hmm. yeah, it makes it like a, uh, an easier read. So, yes. Yeah. Which I know is not always your, your cup of tea, uh, Jeff, but yeah. it does make... I, I would say that reading this was much faster than any of the previous three books, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of like my actual reading time. And then, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff happens. I don't know. But, but would, so would you say that, uh, it might be the, the, the change in author that you're feeling that? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, it's, this feels more like a Brandon Sanderson book than a Robert Jordan book to me, but Robert Jordan never freaking finished the books, yeah. so that's that's what we get, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so out of curiosity, I, and and I don't know how true this is, but I remember reading that uh, the Rand chapters were all written by Robert Jordan. Like he actually wrote those before he he passed, mm-hmm. and everything else is kind of Brandon Sanderson kind of filling in the gaps and so based on his notes. But do you feel like reading the Rand chapters read? They, do they read differently to you? They actually do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they read more. They like more of a piece with the the older books, mm-hmm. um, and they're you know they weren't my. That's the funny thing though. They weren't my favorite chapters though because Rand is boring. <laughs> yeah, well, like like I said, uh, until this last chapter, I kind of every time I would start a chapter and see Rand's name, I would be like, all right, you know, it would be, like I don't know why it just feel reading the Rand chapters felt like work because I I, I don't think I like Dark Rand. I, I I know some people do. I know you you enjoyed parts yeah. of Dark Rand, but like to me it felt like I mean I understand why it's necessary, right? Like this is this is part of his like hero's journey is like he has to have this like this this descent before he can like you know rise out of it, whatever. So it makes makes sense. But it's it was it was uncomfortable for me to read and I didn't didn't they didn't care for him, you know? Yeah, I I think you're you're right that he has to have that, but I also think that he has had that. 
in these books several times. That's a good point. Like right? he's been down books, and up and down right? and up and down and up and and I I, I do feel like it, you could I, I like Dark Rand. I thought it was funny, but you could just cut cut that out completely of these books and I think Rand would be in the same spot he was before. I don't know if it really is important. Although maybe it's going to pay off somehow. Yeah, a lot of books. We'll certainly find out for what what happens to him from here cuz you know this this feels like a tipping point, but who knows, right? Like yeah. it could be we could be in for another Another dip in a uh, ride back up again. Yeah. I guess the, the ideal thing that could happen would be if Brandon Sanderson and Robert Jordan had worked together to get like the best of both worlds. Like, yeah. Because Brandon Sanderson's qualities are that he finishes this stuff. He did it. He actually wrote the book. Mm-hmm. So Brandon Sanderson writes like the, a treatment. Robert Jordan writes the chapters. Brandon Sanderson goes back and edits them. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. would work. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Alice? Um, loved everything about it, except Cad Swain. I don't understand why she's still part of this story. I find her extremely frustrating. And, like, anytime Rand gets upset, like, it doesn't matter. Because she's just going to be around. And, like, I was so upset when she came back after he banished her. Yeah. But, I know. He, he did the... He banished her, but it, it seems like it almost didn't make a difference, right? Yeah. It, it, and it, it felt like we were kind of being fucked around with yeah. as readers yeah mm-hmm. yeah because we wanted to be rid of her and they were like yeah. oh yeah we'll get, let's get rid of her that was just kidding that was the awesome scene when he banished her right that was yeah like Rand has finally gone over the deep end and he's he's not he can't be messed around with anymore but and he's super evil right yeah but she just has this inexplicable plot armor that makes her ridiculous yeah i, I don't understand why anybody spends time with her on purpose mm-hmm. yeah and Rand really should have killed her by now like, like based on his own orders right like he his thing where he justifies it by saying, well, I did say, just don't let me see your face. And I haven't seen her face yet. <laughs> I mean, that's like, yeah. that, that, that's kind of, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I guess you could say he's maybe keeping her alive out of, subconsciously out of some like respect for Min's, you know, prophecy thing, whatever. Oh, yeah. that He hasn't thought about that in a while, though. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I really like this book overall. Um, very satisfying. And I've heard some people say that they get better from here. Like, each one progressively, Great. Like they build. And I, so I'm excited for the next one, too. Yeah. And on Reddit, it seems like there's a pretty strong belief that me- um, Memory of Light is the best of the entire series. Really? Yeah. Wow. So we'll see. All right. Yeah. I've also uh, I've also heard that... That's the last one, right? Yeah. I've also heard that the last chapter is something like 100 pages. Like, the one chapter is 100 pages or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't surprise me. I... I, I find it hard to believe that they're going to top that book where, where Perrin defended the two rivers from the Trollocs. That was that pretty was great. Amazing. Yeah, that was pretty great. But I, I, I'm happy to be wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so the next one is The Towers of Midnight, right? And I assume that's referring to the the whole... Uh, the Tower the, the tower of Genji, I would guess. Probably, oh, right. Yeah, because yeah, Matt's still got to do all he's that still stuff. still got to do oh, that. Yeah. yeah. That stuff didn't happen yet. Yeah. Also... Uh, I guess Viren, we don't know what Viren was going to ask Matt to do, right? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, hopefully he opens that stupid letter. <laughs> yeah. And we still need to get Maureen back. That's through right. Through the tower. Through so, the tower yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he, Rand keeps thinking about Maureen, and all I could think was like, oh man. Yeah. When she comes back, it's going to be so good. He should go check in with Matt. Yeah. Like, he should check in with Matt, he should check in with Perrin. They just need to have like an information sharing session. Did yeah. they, wait, so did they just bring Tamalthor? They didn't bring Perrin and the others? Because didn't Perrin and the others need like a teleport somewhere? Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, that you're gonna take Tam? Well, uh, I've got a hundred thousand starving people. If you, uh, oh, if you're, in, if oh, you're, you're traveling, people. Oh, oh, you're gone already. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like portal open. It's like, whoop. 
Steel Tam disappear again. <laughs> oh, well, all right then. You know, a uh, parent could use a little help, that's all. All right, we have two questions. The first question is from Tyler, who says, You have been rightly critical of the major characters in the early books. They were pretty annoying sometimes. Of the primary characters, which arcs do you feel have paid off and which ones haven't? Well, I, I, I think everyone knows what I'm going to say. Nynaeve and Egwene? Yeah, well, especially Egwene, but Nynaeve for sure. Like, I, I, know, I, I know everyone loves Nynaeve, and I remember in the early days, we caught so much shit for talking about Nynaeve. Like, we had people who were, were like, I can't believe you don't like Nynaeve. She's one of the best female characters in, in literature or something like, like we heard, I had people saying that. I was like, what is wrong with you? you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but 90s, yeah, 90s come a long way. But for me, for me, it's definitely Egwene. It's like mm-hmm. the biggest payoff. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I did not like Egwene in the early books. And I feel like for a little while she was getting progressively worse. I remember there was that time when she was started doing her, I think it was when she was with the wise ones that she was doing her dream spying thing. I was like, I'm not okay with this. You Egwene, know? yeah. yeah. yeah so it was yeah. very frustrating. But, uh, but yeah, the, the Egwene of this, of now, I adore. And I, uh, another character that people don't like, and I don't understand why, but. She's, she's still arrogant, but now she's justified. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's, she's definitely arrogant, but she, she, her heart's in the right place and she's like doing the right things and trying to help, you know? And it's interesting. She's interesting. She is interesting, is nice. for sure. Yeah, this, I'll say that. I, I, I'm still against Egwene. I think she's, she's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. But uh, yeah, the stuff she's doing is very interesting. Her chapters have been very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a hard thing to do, which Brandon Sanderson and Robert Jordan both did really well, is have a character that is so unlikable and yet have a really good, compelling reason to read it. Yeah. I would say Matt, of course, has the well, best yeah, art. Everybody right? loves that, that's, that's the easy one, yeah. in my opinion. Everybody loves Matt. And, and, and again, a character that I hated in the early books, you know? Yeah. When, he was, mm-hmm. when he was like dagger Matt, it was like painful to read him because he was just so, so shitty. Right, yeah. And you didn't really get a chance to meet him before that. Yeah. And I kind of, I really actually like how he, his personality, like the core of his personality hasn't really changed. He's, he's sort of like, I don't know, self-centered and glib and irreverent. And he's always shirking work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's still the way he is right now. But those properties which made him such a, like, a dickhead to be traveling around with make him this really good general. Mm-hmm. And that and a whole bunch of like book knowledge right, from, right. His, from, his, from his brain. Right. Yeah. Into his brain. Yeah. And, and I like that. I like that. I think it's really cool how you see the same, the same personality put in a different situation excels. I would say an arc that has not paid off is Lan. He had mm. so much promise at the beginning, and he just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny how they, they present him as like this ultimate warrior with the like coolest backstory ever. Yeah. And then there's all these situations where the ultimate warrior with the coolest backstory ever would be a great guy to have around. He's just not there, because mm-hmm. they got to have other people do those things. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Like, Lan never... Uh... Lan spent like basically after Moraine, you know, Portal Good, uh, he was he just like disappeared for several books, right? Like, yeah, I, I think his narrative purpose was to be a contrast to Moraine, right? Yeah. Like you, you, Moraine is the this character with great power and great nobility, and they show him who's like this archetypical power, powerful character as the counterpoint to her who is small and diminutive to like emphasize the the contrast mm-hmm. of what she's like, you know. 
Uh, but then when she's not around or when she's like doing other stuff and not being this, the representative of wisdom and power, he just has no purpose. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, the, uh, the Camelin royal family, the Endoran royal family, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, Galad, the only character that I actually <laughs> that did anything positive, right? Like, <laughs> like he went and joined the White Cloaks and he said he was awful, but now I guess now I guess he's kind of coming around finally, maybe trying to turn the White Cloaks positive. You but mean like, Gwyn, right? No, Galad. No, Galad, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, no, but Gawain, yeah, Gawain sucks. And he's, like, he's gotten worse, I think. And Elaine's gotten worse. I used to like Elaine quite a bit. And more gays. We liked her at the beginning, too. What is she even doing? I mean, she's just hanging out with Perrin. Yeah. Yeah. She, like, she... But I guess they know she's the queen now? Yeah, That was Tam surprising said. to me, that right? That off screen? Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Because as far as, I think, who even knew that she was actually the queen? Like, Talonvor, right? And Lenny. And old Lenny, yeah. Yeah. That was about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think even Fael knew, right? No, she did not. Did Fael ever find out, even while they were in the camp together? I don't think she ever knew then either, right? I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember. I don't no. think so. Whenever Fael thought about her, she always thought of her as Megden, the serving lady who was suspiciously regal acting. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, how did Tam know that that was She, she must know how to act so regal because she looks exactly like Morghais. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I think Mor- Morghais must have told him or Talonvor must have told him or something like that. Maybe we're going to get some Perrin chapters where all that's going to happen. Yeah, like, I was going to be... Yeah, mention that Perrin, Perrin's a story arc that I don't feel has paid off yet. No. Yeah. Right, because I guess he's still in... He's sort of in like emo wolf Perrin phase, right? right? Yeah, he, like he went from... I'm a humble blacksmith guy to like, uh, you know, greatness is thrust upon me. You know, the pattern makes me become this awesome Wolf King dude, but I don't really like it very much. Um, and now I'm going to go spend 15 books being emo wolf dude because my wife got kidnapped. And now she's back and I'm going to be emo because I don't know what to do. Right. So where's, where's the payoff to that? And there's two more books, so I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I suspect that uh, we're going to get a lot of Perrin and Matt in the next book or two just because... Well, I mean, the Tower of Midnight or, or, you know, Tower of Genji thing. There's going to be all that. And I feel like Perrin's building up to something, you know? Okay, I will say this in, in, as a positive thing to say about Brandon Sanderson. If Robert Jordan was still re- reading these books, I would be expecting the next book to be all about people noticing that the clouds have broken. <laughs> that's <a> good, <laughs> over and over and over again. That's a good point. And that's I think Brandon Sanderson will, will move it along. Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. So that's good. Yeah. Well, Illyria... From Melbourne, Australia. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Right? Wrote in, and she had a couple questions for us, which is, if you were writing a Wheel of Time fan fiction, who would be your OTP, which is one true pair? Okay. And oh, also... Is that, is that like a, a shipping thing, a relationship thing? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So I guess we'll start with that question first. One true pair. Bella Mandar. <laughs> Shit. That's so good. <laughs> Did I take yours? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh shit that's so good it's gonna be you know what they need to tell the entire series like go back and rewrite the entire series just from their perspective that would be that would be there will be entire chapters just about her like gnawing on grass and thinking about the grass and then, but but missing Mandar right like yeah. yeah cause you know and then before he goes away he gives her his his reins his his his, his horseshoe his, his horseshoe yeah. <laughs> It's the horseshoe of the ki- the the horse kings of Valkyrie. Yeah. <laughs> a romance for the ages, across all time. That's uh, fine. You want to say it? You want to say no, it? Um, no, it's fine. It's ruined. It's fine. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, I, I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, you could write some really good, like you know, 
furry stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's, that's your thing, Jeff. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so other 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 pairs. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Well, they already we've pair this... up pretty well in yeah. these books, right? Mm-hmm. That's, it's... It's, it's actually a criticism that we've had is that they... Yeah. There's a lot of pairing that doesn't necessarily make sense. Linny and Tam. Ooh. Ooh, spicy. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't... I kind of think that Linny... You know what? They would get along. I was trying to think if, if Linny would like like Tam, but I think, yeah. I think Linny may be on the little super attenuated side for Tam. Uh, I think he's like, you know, maybe 50, mm-hmm. and she's probably like 70 or 80 or something like that, but, you know. Yeah, I mean... Be more ageist. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know what? If they want to get it, they can get it, right? Yeah, older ladies can love too, Jeff. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. So, that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to take a break, because we finished this book. And we're going to do another season of our other podcast, Living Dead in Austin, livingdeadinaustin.com. And then we'll be back in a couple months to start in on the Towers of Midnight, mm-hmm. yeah. book 13 of The Wheel of Time. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. What, wait, what's the name of, do you remember the name of the uh, Living Dead in Austin book we're going to be reading? We'll be reading Dead to the World All right, and the world. Dead as a Doornail. So yeah, if, if you're curious about it, please do check us out. Even if you're not into, you know, vampire romance, these are a lot of fun. I think you might like them. So. Yeah. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That is Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments or questions, feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And if you ask us a question, we may answer it on air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The the light light illumine you. you.